Thanks for tuning in to BWE Empowerment Radio with Elder Marcia Boynton. She will be teaching on women in the Bible. This show will air every Saturday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the broadcast. Welcome to today's edition of Women of the Bible Teaching Series and Bi-Monthly Book Club on BWE Empowerment Radio. Good morning, beloved. I'm Elder Marcia Boynton. It is a pleasure to be with you this morning. and We give honor to God the Father, giving honor to His dear Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, giving honor to the Spirit of the Lord. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would indeed be pleased to have your way in this hour. Do whatever you desire to do. Flood and saturate this atmosphere for every listener. Thy will be done. We give honor to our CEO and founder, Dr. Jacqueline Renee King, to our overseer, Dr. Apostle Oscar Dowdell Underwood, to all of the ministerial team and staff of BWE, Amen. And to each and every one of you, God bless you, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. We thank you and give God glory for your continuing support of this ministry. Praise the Lord, everybody. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Praise the Lord, everybody. Are you just excited and thrilled and happy for another day that the Lord has made? Amen, somebody. God is good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Before we begin this morning, let us start off in prayer. We have much to cover on this morning as we continue our series, The Jesus Women Worship. Ladies love and daughters delight in, and we are just going to continue to lift up the name of Jesus Christ and allow the Lord to have his way. We expect that he is going to meet us in a mighty way. The word of the Lord says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me, unto myself. So we are going to just bless God and pray that he would have his way in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together, beloved, this morning. God bless you. Good morning to you if you're just joining us. Amen. Would you pray with me, beloved, this morning? Amen. In the name of Jesus. Gracious Heavenly Father, in the blessed name of your dear Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Father, we come just as humbly as we know how this morning before your throne of grace, and we thank you for who you are, our Lord and our Savior, our God, our Alpha and our Omega. We thank you, King of Kings. And Lord of glory, we bless you, our advocate. We thank you, you who are the author and perfecter of our faith. We thank you and bless you, bread of life, most beloved son of God, chief cornerstone and deliverer, our good shepherd and our great high priest, head of your church, holy servant, great I am, Emmanuel, indescribable gift. We thank you and bless you, Lamb of God, light of the world. O Lion of the tribe of Judah, have your way. Be delighted to do whatever you desire to do. Rule and reign in this atmosphere. 
We pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We lift up every soul who has joined us this morning, and we thank you that you would meet every need exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask, think, or imagine. Hide me behind your cross, O God. We don't dare encroach upon your throne of grace in our own righteousness. It is but filth and rags before you, but solely in the name, in the precious name, in the holy blood of your dear son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sakes on the cross of Calvary, that we should have eternal life and live life abundantly in the here and now. And we bless you, Father, and thank you. We thank you, Father, for this hour. Have your way. Thy will be done. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Messiah, the one who sets us free, our Redeemer and our risen Lord, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Well, we're going to be looking at John's Gospel this morning, John's Gospel, Chapter 14. If you're following along on Facebook, you know the reading assignment for this morning, John's Gospel, Chapter 14. And in our bi-monthly book club, we are returning to the work of Obery Hendricks. His book is entitled, The Politics of Jesus. We have used this book before, but we are going back to it for some points that I believe uh, the Lord will, will want us to, to share and feast on, amen, throughout this series. So we're going to be continuing to look at his work once again. If you have not picked that up, please do so. It's modestly priced. Obery Hendricks, The Politics of Jesus. And the reading assignment in there was to read in the introduction, The Biblical Judges. I pray that you have had an opportunity to pick that book up and to look at that beloved. Um, it really is an easy read. It's easy to follow. He's He's not you know, difficult or long-winded. He gets right to the point. So please be sure that you do pick that book up, and we'll be um, going over that this morning. But John's Gospel, in John's Gospel, Chapter 14, what we're going to focus on today is one of Jesus' seven I Am statements, and Jesus makes seven of them. Do you know what they are, beloved? He makes seven I am statements, and the statements that we're going to be focusing on this morning, one of his statements is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but through me. Good morning, Kiana. I see you there on Facebook. Good morning, all of you. Dwayne Harris. Good morning, Rosie Moore. Anita Harris Powell. I'm sorry, Anita. Good morning. God bless you, and God bless you, Karen Mitchell. Thank you so much for joining us on Facebook Live this morning. We are grateful for your support of this ministry. If you know the other I Am statements of Jesus Christ, just share them on Facebook Live. There's seven of them. The one that we're doing today, I Am the Way, the Truth, and the Life. But there are other I Am statements that Jesus made. Good morning, Sheridan Wilson. God bless you. And good morning to our CEO and founder, Dr. Jacqueline Renee King. Good morning, Dr. King. Thank you for your support this morning. Amen. Let's get to John's Gospel, Chapter 14. God is faithful, surely. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. God is faithful. We're going to look at John's Gospel, Chapter 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you have your Bibles, you're going to need your Bible this morning. Praise the Lord. And I just want to make one disclaimer as we begin 
this morning. I was praying last night and yesterday and the day before that, and I wasn't sure what direction we were going to go in this morning. Um, I did purchase a book, an e-book. It was just 99 cents. I won't give the author name and the title. Uh, I do like to read the books before we use them in the bi-monthly book club. And I read this book, and it was excellent for the history. It was excellent, and it teaches about our ancestors and slavery and the transatlantic slave trade and the curses of Deuteronomy and all of the acts of disobedience that the children of Israel have committed in our history and how things have come upon the people as a result of the disobedience of men and of women of the children of Israel, and it was just fascinating, and it takes us back to Egypt, and it takes us back to Israel, and it takes us back to the, the Hebrews and, and the, the times of prosperity that the children of Israel enjoyed when we obeyed God, and I was just fascinated by it, and the history was wonderful, and it's enlightening, but then the author makes a statement, and I'm telling you, I got chills, and the author makes a statement, and she says, Jesus did not die for our sins, and I said, wait a minute. And, and, and the author says, Jesus did not die for our sins. We have to die for our own sins. So I had to put the book down, and I said, Father, forgive me. I'm sorry. You know, I, what, what am I doing? What am I, I'm looking for something else other than Jesus. No, I wasn't looking for something else other than Jesus. I'm looking for a book that we can do in the book club. And, and, and the history was just so good. But then the statement that Jesus did not die for us, oh, wait a minute, I had to put it down, I had to put it down and, and just pray. And, I, you know, I, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that, beloved, because this morning we're teaching Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is the belief that some people have, even, even today and back then when Jesus walked in the flesh, and we'll be talking about that. But I just want to encourage everybody this morning, be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will lead you into all truth. If I say something and it doesn't agree with your spirit, and you know that it's not right, and you say, well, wait a minute, Elamite, I read the Bible, I know what the Bible says, then by all means, correct me, please, in Jesus' name, please. In the name of Jesus, because I, I don't endeavor to do this to mislead anybody, and I would never make that statement that Jesus did not die for our sins. But we're going to touch on that this morning, because as, as we did on last Saturday, everybody doesn't believe Jesus. And, and everybody is not going to be convinced that Jesus is the Christ. There are some who simply say he was a good man. He performed some miracles, and, you know, he saved some people. And, okay, you know, he was a prophet. And there are some who just don't believe. And no matter how much we do, how much we preach, how much we teach, uh, they, they just never come to believe and to know that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And if you want to go on Facebook, and share other I am statements, please do so, that Jesus is the bread of life, that he is the true vine, that Jesus is, that he is the resurrection, that Jesus is everything that he says he is, that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah. Good morning, all of you who are joining this morning. Amen. That Jesus is. He is. He is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. So I thank God for picking that book up and then putting it down and then praying. And what we're going to focus on today is that there are some who don't believe that Jesus is, but there are some who know that Jesus is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we must hear the word of God in its truth, in its simple truth, because Jesus uses ordinary people. 
He used Peter, who was a fisherman, a brass cussing fisherman. You know, he didn't take philosophers or orators or statesmen and stateswomen. He didn't take learned intellectuals. In fact, in order to be used by God, men had to empty themselves of themselves. Paul said, you know, look, I'm a Hebrew of the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, he, he sat at the feet of great men. He, yes, you know, he had a zeal according to the law, but he counted all of his learning and all of his education, all of it as nothing until he learned Jesus Christ. He said, it's nothing I counted as rubbish. He came to know Jesus Christ in the fellowship of his suffering. And Peter, this cussing fisherman who was just an ordinary man, he chose ordinary people to publish his gospel. And we thank God for this. Just ordinary men. So you should never come away from any teaching, any Bible study, and feel like the message was so deep and so over my head, and I didn't get it. And wait a minute, maybe I need to, you know, maybe I need to take some more classes in order to understand Jesus Christ is Lord. Faith is a gift that He gives to us. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the true vine. He is the resurrection. He is the door to the sheep. It should never be so difficult. It's simple. Jesus Christ is Lord. So what we're going to do today, beloved, for those who just don't believe that Jesus is, we're going to take a look at that. We're going to look at the thief on the cross. Amen. We're going to take a look at what does it mean when Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So the direction for this morning is clear. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. And we just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever you want to do this morning. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. He died to fulfill the, the, the command, the hallelujah, of the, his Father in heaven, who so loved the world that he saved. He sent his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, if we lose Jesus, if we take Jesus out of the Bible, then what do we have? We have nothing. If we count, just as we went over last uh, Saturday, if you were with me last Saturday, we had a blessed time. Praise God, the Lord was here. If we take Jesus out of the equation and just look to, well, we are descendants of Abraham. You know, Jesus, you were born of fornication, just as those who were resisting Jesus as he walked in the flesh and as he taught. If you take Jesus out, well, what are you left with? And you have nothing. Jesus is Jesus is. Hallelujah. Let's go to our text this morning, beloved. We're in John's Gospel, chapter 14, at verse 1. So read this with me this morning. John's Gospel, chapter 14, at verse 1. And the word of the Lord there says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. Isn't that a good word this morning? Is anyone facing any trouble this morning? Are you going through anything at all? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Here Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Uh, Judas has left. Okay, they've just finished supper in chapter 13. In fact, we can turn back quickly and see there. Christ Jesus has announced his departure. 
He says that the Son of Man is glorified, God is glorified in him. And he tells him, little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I say to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, this is what he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Can I tell you this morning, I love you. I love you with all of my heart. I love you, beloved. I love you, Dr. King. I love you, those who are on Facebook this morning. Thank you for your support. Can I say that to you and mean it? I love you. Good morning to you, Larry Smith, Erica Frost. Good morning, Cheryl and Kiana. Let not your heart be troubled, Java Jackson. I love you. Good morning, Toby Taylor. But this he says, all the world will know whether or not you belong to me by how you love one another. Thank you, Father, for the gift of love. And Peter says to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answers him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Christ has announced Judas as his betrayer. He tells Judas, whatever you're going to do, go do it quickly. And Judas goes out, and he is about to betray his master. And as we come up to John's Gospel, chapter 14, it has been about three years that Jesus has been teaching his disciples, and he is telling them that he has to leave them for a little while. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Isn't this comforting? He tells them, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. How many times have you heard that ever at a funeral service? Amen. Doesn't that just bless your heart to know that our loved ones, amen, we shall see them again, that, that Jesus has prepared a place for us to go in the hereafter. In my Father's house are many mansions. He's preparing this for us. And if Jesus is preparing this for us, he's going to come back again and get us and take us to that which he has prepared us to. Amen. He says, I go and prepare a place for you. And I will come again and receive you to myself. Jesus will come again. Amen. Every eye shall behold him. Praise the Lord. Jesus will come again. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And then this is what Thomas says. Thomas says at verse 7, uh, rather verse 5, Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how do we know the way? That's honest, isn't it? He, he just tells him, wait a minute, Lord, I, I don't know what what you mean. Where you go? We don't know where you're going, so how are we going to know how we're going to get there? Amen. You, you ever been there? The Lord speak to you, Holy Spirit, give you give you a statement, give you a direction, uh, give you a vision of something, and you say, well, I don't know how this is going to happen. Uh, I don't know how this is going to work. Amen. I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit, amen, daughter, I'm going to do this, 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 this. Well, I don't know how you're going to do that. I guess you're going to drop some money out of the sky in Jesus' name. But you know that God can. And and here he's honest with him. He said, we don't know where you're going, and so how can we know how to get there? And then Jesus says to him, ah, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Praise the Lord, everybody. Jesus is the way. What does this mean? I am the way. The way. Jesus is saying that he is the path, that he is the root, that he is that, that he is the way to get to his father, to get to heaven, that he is the way. He isn't speaking here to show us the way to say, well, in order to get to my father, in order to get to heaven, you have to go around that corner and dip around that bend. No, he says, I am the way. 
I am the way. What does it mean when Jesus says that he is the truth? Jesus, he says that he is, he's saying that he is the only truth, that he is the authoritative standard, that he is the source of all truth. He is the truth. We don't have to look anywhere else for the truth. Jesus is the truth. Jesus says he is the life. Well, what do you mean, Jesus? You are the life. What does that mean? We looked last Saturday on Jesus when he says that I am the resurrection and the life. When Jesus says that he is the life, he is the life giver. He is the source of life, the giver of life. Praise the Lord Jesus. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Jesus here is revealing himself to his disciples. That our rebellion as a people separated us from God. It, it was necessary that Jesus should come. And, and be this new Adam, this new man. Our rebellion separated from him. So the way that Jesus speaks up for himself, what he must go through is the cross. He has just been betrayed by Judas. He will be handed over to the authorities. He will be scourged. He will be beaten. He will be mocked. He will be crucified, and he will rise again. The way in order for us to get to the Father in heaven, the only way that we can come to the Father in heaven is through the blood of Jesus, who must endure the cross. The way for Jesus is the cross. He is the channel. That's the channel of his resurrection. He must go through the cross. The truth, you know, that truth means everything as it really was, everything as it really is, everything as it really is, he is the truth. Uh, Jesus, he is the reality. He's the reality as the opposite of any illusion. He is sincere. He is the divine truth that is revealed to man. Uh, praise God. We just give God praise for that. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the giver of life. Jesus, hallelujah, praise God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Glory to God. And and then he says to his disciples, listen, no one comes to the Father except through me. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, there were some, we know Jesus, as he's walking in the flesh, he has been with his disciples some over uh, three years, a little more than three years here. He's been with his disciples, and they have sat at his feet, and they have been taught by Jesus. They have learned from him from all of this time. And he tells them, no one comes to the Father but through me. Because the Jews at that time that Jesus is walking in the flesh and those who opposed him in his ministry, and there were many, amen, those who opposed him believed that they still had to keep the law. There were complaints about Jesus and how he healed on the Sabbath. And when Paul begins begins his ministry, and we'll get up to this today, when Paul begins his ministry, he is dealing with some legalizing folk, with some Judaizers, with some who still believe that they have to keep parts of the Mosaic law in order to be saved. They still have to keep parts of the law, all of the commandments that were given. Well, well, well wait a minute, Paul, what about all of the laws? Are we supposed to keep the law or not? And today, even in some modern circles, this is still a belief that, yes, Jesus, just as the book that I read on yesterday, yes, Jesus, you know, he's, he's a good man, but, the, oh, Lord have mercy, the author says Jesus did not die for our sins. Glory to God that this is what the author says. Today, this isn't back uh, back years ago in ancient times in ancient Israel, 
Well, you know, when maybe you could have some kind of understanding about it because they had Israel had come out of the law. It had been handed down by Moses. Jesus hadn't been taught and preached. Pentecost hadn't come. The Holy Spirit hadn't been given to every believer. But today, amen, Jesus, today we have, hallelujah, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. Read the Bible, amen, in Jesus' name. Read the Bible in your own time, amen, Jesus. Read the Bible. There were the Berean Jews who studied the scriptures to be sure that everything that they were being taught was the truth. Study the scriptures on their own to be sure that everything they were being taught was the truth. And here is the truth, Jesus says, no man comes unto the Father but through me. So how can we take Jesus out of anything? How can we get to to the Father without Jesus? How can we get to heaven without Jesus? Jesus says, no man comes unto the Father but through me. So for those who didn't believe him then and who don't believe him now, where do we end up without Jesus? What is our destination without Jesus? How do we cross over without Jesus? How do we do anything without Jesus? Jesus says, I have no man come unto the Father but through me. Through me, you got to go through Jesus Christ, the door of the sheep. Through me, you got to go through Jesus Christ, through the blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary. So there were some who didn't believe, and there are many reasons in the scriptures why they said they didn't believe Jesus. Well, Jesus is not yet 50. He's too young. He's too green. Well, wait a minute. The scriptures, no prophet ever came out of Galilee. He's not from the right town. He doesn't have enough money. Amen. He's not from the right side of the tracks. He's, he's not learned. He, he doesn't have an, uh, you know, he doesn't have a, a master's degree. He, he's not an intellectual. Well, who has he studied with? What university or what seminary has he come from? He's not of the upper echelon of the ecclesia. What, what is his pedigree? Well, how many initials does he have after his last name? What is his rank? He's not of nobility and pedigrees. Uh, after all, Mary was his mother. And Mary was pregnant. She didn't even know who the father was. We know where he's from. This is Joseph's son, the carpenter. Familiarity breeds contempt. We know where this man is from. For all of the reasons that they say that they don't believe Jesus. And then when you get to Matthew 23, in Matthew 23, in fact, let's go there quickly. Matthew, you have your Bibles. Let's go to Matthew 23, because Jesus has to deal with these religious people who do not believe in him and who are so stuck in the law and have a pride and an attitude of self-righteousness. And what does self-righteousness mean? What does self-righteousness mean? They have a, a pride and an arrogance about who they are. They believe in their own works. They believe that in their own merit, that they don't have a need of Jesus. They have no need for a Savior. You know it takes humility it takes humility to bow down before God. It takes humility to bow down before this despised, rebellious Jesus Christ. It takes some humility when you have to bow down to a poor man, to a broke man, to a despised man with no education, no learning. It takes humility to bow down before that same man. You gotta be humble to bow down before Jesus if you believe in your own merit. 
that he's not on the same level as they are, that he doesn't have enough initials behind his name. You've got to be humble before that kind of a man. Jesus, glory to God. Thank you, Father. You've got to be humble before Jesus. They have to recognize that they have a need of a Savior, that we can't get to heaven on our own merit, that we can't get to the Father because we're good enough or we think that we're good enough or we got it all figured out and we don't need Jesus. Jesus died for our sins. This Jesus. And I say it says about Jesus. Oh, my God. And I say it says it was of a mean appearance. Glory to God. We, we counted him smitten. Counted him smitten, afflicted by God. He was not, a, a, the Bible says, of anything of, of appearance worth looking at. Not of an appearance that, you know, it was not of a, a, a beautiful appearance. This wasn't a Saul who was handsome and tail head and shoulders above everybody else. The Bible says David was a good-looking man. Ready? He was good-looking. What about Jesus and his appearance? Doesn't give us any indication that, that he was, the, you know, the, the, the picture that we have of Jesus, good-looking European uh, savior of the world with his long, flowing tresses of hair, just Jesus, disguised, smitten by God and afflicted. This is the man we got to bow down to and believe that we need him to help us. And how is it that we need Jesus to help us when he's on the cross and he can't even save himself? It takes humility, it takes the gift of faith to believe and to know that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Messiah. And Jesus has to deal with the religious folk. In Matthew 23, glory to God, we are this morning. And he will deal with these same religious leaders. And let's just read a couple of verses in Matthew 23 this morning. God bless you. God bless you. You're joining us this morning. Praise the Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way and be glorified. And y'all let me know if I say anything wrong. Just say, look, Elder Marcia, you, you know, let me pull me to the side. Amen. But you tell me, all right? Amen in Jesus' name. Matthew 23 this morning. Praise the Lord. And let's just go to quickly at verse 13. And this is here where Jesus has to speak to the Pharisees. Y'all remember who the Pharisees are? They are those legalists. They believe in their own righteousness, in their own merit. At verse 13, chapter 23, Matthew's Gospel this morning. This is what Jesus says to them. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. He continues, he tells them that they devour widows' houses, for a pretense make long prayers. He tells them that they travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, they make him twice as much a son of hell as themselves. He tells them as we go further down, that they are fools, that they are blind. He tells them that they pay tithes so carefully, but they've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. He tells them these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. He calls them blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Amen. And it goes on at verse 27 to tell them that they are like whitewashed tombs that appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Amen. In Jesus' name, and we can stop right there in Matthew's Gospel 23. So you see here what Jesus has to deal with, what he's dealing with, men who are proud, who are in their flesh, who believe and trust in their own merit, that they don't need a Savior. 
that they don't need Jesus. They don't need his blood. What is Jesus going to do for them? What is he going to do for them? And that same sentiment that was present centuries ago still exists, amen, today, as were we all, amen, before we came to Jesus. And such was I before I came to believe and to recognize him as the Christ, as my Lord and as my Savior, amen. But thank God for the word of God. Thank God for the message of salvation. Thank God for the feet of those ambassadors who came to me, who were sent by God, and preached Jesus to me. Thank you, she who preached Jesus, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that I can't get to heaven on my own. Thank you, Jesus, for your pastors. Thank you for your ministers. Thank you for your ambassadors of peace. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God that Jesus was preached to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we can go back to John's Gospel, chapter 14. Let's go back to John's Gospel at chapter 14 this morning. God bless you. Good morning to everyone. If you're calling in, if you're on the phone, if you're online or on social media, thank you so much for your support this morning. God bless you. Holy Spirit, have your way. John's Gospel, chapter 14. Jesus says here, no, one, no man comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way? No. There's no other God? No. There's no other name? No. Through Jesus Christ? Yes. That's the only way? Amen. Yes. That's the only way. Are you sure? There's no other way? Yes. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And that's it. That's the only way. That's the only name under heaven by which any are saved, Jesus Christ. So, for the Pharisees and the Jews, when Jesus is walking in the flesh, who just don't believe him, and Jesus tells them, look, I have to go and be delivered to the elders and the chief priests to be betrayed. I have to be crucified. Jesus has to die so that he can be resurrected, so that he can ascend to his Father in heaven. It has to happen. And Jesus tells them that it has to happen. It has to, because I have to be crucified, he tells us, so that he can be resurrected, so that he can defeat death and dying, so that he can spoil principalities and powers, so that he can publicly triumph over them. It has to happen. And thank God that it has. Thank God that it has. So for all of those who are walking around and don't believe Jesus, that he is the way, that there are other ways, that Jesus was just a, a good prophet, that he was just a, a good man, and that, wait a minute, you know, we still have to keep some some uh, points of the law. Romans 3.20 says that the law reveals sin, but it cannot fix it. In Jeremiah, the Lord speaks of a new covenant, and he says that they shall all know me from the least to the greatest. Hebrews says that Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry, and today we serve in the newness of the Spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. The priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law, and Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, not of Levi, where the priest in the Old Testament, according to the law, came from the tribe of Levi, but Jesus uh, came from Judah, of which the law spoke nothing concerning the priesthood. 
but the law being changed, amen, hallelujah, there is made a necessity of change, uh, the priesthood rather being changed, also the law, according to Hebrews chapter 7. So they're, they're walking around with Jesus, and after Jesus is crucified, when Paul begins his ministry, and they have to deal with this. They have to deal with those who say, well, okay, you know, in order to get back in God's favor, uh, again, because we are the children of Israel, we, we have to, you know, go back to the law and go back to, to, to what was said before. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. If, if, if Jesus came and he died on the cross and he became a curse for us, right, if Jesus became he redeemed us from the curse of the law, why are we going back to the law? Why do these folk centuries ago and today believe that we have to go back to the law in order to be saved. Then if if this is what we're doing, then Jesus hasn't really accomplished anything. Romans 3.20 says, No one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. But the law, rather through the law, we become conscious of our sin. No one, we, the just shall live by faith. They believe that they have to go back to the law to keep points of the law in order to be saved because they are of the stock of Israel. They are children of the Most High God. Amen. And the law and the covenant was given. And Paul says, you know, oh, Lord have mercy. Paul would say, it was his desire more than anything. Paul was willing to be accursed if, if his brethren, the Israel, the children of Israel, could be saved because he tells us that, you know, to the children of Israel belong all of the promises. Amen. The glory. Amen. The covenant. The land. The patriarchs come from the children of Israel. And Paul said, you know, if, if Israel could just get it right, I would be willing to be a curse from my brethren. His heart longed for his fellow Israelites. I'd be willing, he says, to be cut off, Lord, if if, if Israel could be saved. If Israel could be saved, I, I would do that. Amen. Amen. I would do it. Amen. In Jesus' name. He longed for his brothers. For he longed for Levi and for Benjamin. He longed for the tribes of Israel to be saved. Amen. He said they're going about it through the works of the law and believe that the law is the way to the Father. But Jesus says, I am the way. I no man cometh unto the Father but through me. We must go through Jesus Christ. Wasn't there some time in your life before you were saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit? And maybe you too didn't think, well, I don't really need Jesus. I ain't really got to go to church. You know, I don't really have to believe. You know, I'm good. You know, I'm good. I'm all right. I just, uh, you know, give my offering and, you know, say hello and stop in every now and then. And I just try to do the right thing. and, And that's enough. Jesus says, no man cometh unto the Father but through me, but through me. And what a blessed Savior is, Jesus is. What a blessed Savior he is. What a high priest he is. What an advocate he is. Jesus is so sweet. He's so tender. He's so good. He's so awesome. Oh, you should just give God praise right now. If you know that God is good, God is good. God is so good that he gave his son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. Uh, years after year, or rather year after year after year, where the children of Israel were continually 
continually brought under the domination of their enemies after they suffered exile and captivities and famines and droughts and slavery over and over and over again. And every time, praise God, the children of Israel cried out before Jesus, the Lord would send them deliverers. He would send us prophets. He would send men to turn us back to God, to tell us to repent, to seek his face while he may be found. Then he sent his own son, Jesus Christ. The Lord said, I'm going to make a new covenant in Jeremiah. I'm going to make a new covenant. Hey, I put my laws on their hearts because I gave them this covenant, and they continually broke it, even though I was a husband to them. God was, has always been good to Israel now. God has always been good to Israel. Some of Israel's souls came about because of her disobedience, because of her disobedience to the word of God, because the hearts of the people were just continually inclined to go after other gods and to bow down before strange gods and idols, and Israel could never get it right. It could never get the law never made anybody righteous in God's sight. If the law, if the law was good and the commandments, amen, praise God, could save anybody, then why hasn't Israel been saved? Why hasn't Israel been saved apart from Jesus Christ? If it could save, Israel would have been saved. They would have been able to avoid all of the famines, and they would have been able to avoid slavery. The law could not save them. The law, the word of the Lord says, was temporary. Temporary, just our tutor, our guardian, to lead us to Christ until the time that Jesus Christ, the seed, should come. And now that the seed has come, Israel wants to go back to the law, what kept them in bondage in the first place. And the Lord says, Here, I'm giving you a new and a better way. And they don't want it. And so there were some then, and there are some now, who don't believe that Jesus is the way. But Jesus is the way. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that indwells every believer to teach every son and every daughter, Father, that just God, every soul would know you for him or herself, that every son would know you for himself, every daughter would know you for herself. And there are many in the Gospels who believed in Jesus Christ, the woman who came to anoint Jesus for his burial, this daughter of Abraham, stepping into the prophetic realm and anointing the king of kings. And there was a thief on the cross. Glory to God. There's a thief on the cross. Amen. Criminals on each side of the Savior. This is the way. This man... They mocked Jesus, spat on him, scourged him with a crown of thorns about his head. He was arrested and betrayed. Well, come on, Jesus. If you're the Christ, if you're the Messiah, if you all that, and one of your boys, well, one of your own goes and betrays you and sells you to the authorities. Come on, Jesus. That's the way. Our Lord and our Savior on a cross bleeding and dying and he can't save himself. That's the way. This this Jesus. Glory to God. That's the way, Jesus. Come on now. Suffering. Uh, amen. The religious leaders don't believe you. The church don't believe you. You just rebel rouser. Jesus, that's the way. Jesus ain't got no money. He ain't coming in here on a donkey or on a mule. Wait a minute now. 
he's a king. He wears his kingly garments. He's supposed to be freeing us from, from the oppression from our enemies who are too strong for us. Jesus, his mother's a single mother. Wait a minute. Don't, don't know who, who the father is, who her baby daddy is. Jesus, that's the way. Glory to God. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God. Whatever your struggle is, whatever your trouble is, thank God that God knows all about it. Thank God that he knows all about it. This is the way, Jesus. So, yes, there were some and there are some who do not believe that Jesus is the way. But he tells us, and it's simple. It's not so deep. It's not complicated. You know, it's not hard to comprehend or understand. He says it very clearly. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but through me. Okay? So, we, you know, they, they're going all around it. And trying to find, wait a minute, he's not yet 50. Wait a minute, he's not learned. Wait a minute, excuse after excuse, and they just don't believe, and they ain't going to never believe. Amen, in Jesus' name. They just don't believe. Some, hallelujah, are just never going to believe. But thank God for the gift of faith. Thank God for those pastors, those messengers who are sent to preach and to teach the gospel. And if that's what God has sent and commanded and given you the gift of teaching, whatever your gift is to do in his kingdom, whether or not they believe you, the Bible says there shall be sheep on the right, goats on the left. Amen. Whatever God has anointed you to do, do it. Just do it. Do it, amen, as unto the Lord. Amen. With the spirit of excellence. Just do it. Glory to God. Jesus died on the cross. He was crucified. He was crucified, and because he gave himself, you would think, okay, all we, we just believe in him and we'll be all right. But there's still some who today are finding excuses not to believe in Jesus Christ. And there's still some, amen, today who say, well, we've got to keep the law. Well, uh, hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's it. That's it. He's the way to the Father to get to heaven. And there's, there's that thief on the cross. Now, you see the sight of the thief that's on the cross who says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, here this thief on the cross, minutes before he, he's about to die, recognizes that Jesus is the way to heaven. He recognizes that, you know what, if I'm going to get out of this, this man right here next to me on this cross, bleeding and dying, not for anything that he's done because Jesus did nothing wrong. Because this man right here, this is the way I can get out of this. Now, I'm on this cross. They're not going to let me down. I'm just a few minutes away from death, but if I'm going to get out of this, if my soul's going to be saved, Jesus is the way. How does that thief recognize Jesus is the way? When Jesus is on the cross and there are others around him who are mocking him, who are spitting on him, who are ridiculing him in his hour of need. The thief says Jesus is the way. This is a criminal, uh, a criminal who recognizes Jesus Christ, a woman who recognizes Jesus Christ, the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well. Glory to God, who had five husbands, amen, glory to God, had five husbands, amen, and she tells Jesus, you are the Christ. And she goes back and tells the whole town of men, amen, praise the Lord, tells the brothers, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. How does she recognize Jesus? It's the way. The Bible says, hallelujah, the Bible tells us God used the foolish things of the world 
shameful wise and to bring to nothing them that think that they are the foolish things of the world. The thief on the cross, the Samaritan woman despised and an outcast that been so talked about and ridiculed. You know, I don't know how some of these women get up after being vilified and marginalized after being talked about and hated and shunned and ostracized for so long. How they, but for the grace of God, get up and then go and minister and preach the gospel. Tell others about Jesus. Anoint him for his burial. Receive on the cross to recognize before everybody, look, I, I, I was wrong now. I made some mistakes. I'm on this cross because I did commit this sin. I'm wrong. Okay, what you've done to me is right. But this man, Jesus, has done no wrong. He recognizes in that hour, in order for me to get out of this, Jesus is the way. And Jesus tells that same thief on that cross, Assuredly, I say to you, you shall be with me this day in paradise. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Glory to God. If we can go to Hebrews, amen, we can just look at some scriptures in Hebrews quickly before we close this morning. As far as this whole let's go back to the law thing is concerned, amen, hallelujah. Then, then Jesus, has, Christ has become of no effect for those who say we've got to go back to the law. He's become of no effect. They've fallen from grace. Amen. The count of the blood of, of Jesus Christ as nothing, as a common thing. Let's look at a couple of scriptures, amen, this morning before we close. The way, the truth, and the life are risen, Lord. Surely Jesus has not died in vain this morning. Would you just say, Father, I believe you. I believe that your son died on the cross for my sins. Amen. In Jesus' name, God bless you. I'm just going to read off a couple of scriptures this morning. Amen. Concerning this, this uh, what was then and what in some places even today is, uh, let's, you know, Jesus is good. He is, but let's go back to the law. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Acts 15, the law is an unbearable yoke. Romans 3.20 says, the law reveals sin but cannot fix it. Romans 4.14 says, if the law worked, then faith would be irrelevant. The law brings wrath upon those who follow it. The purpose of the law was to increase sin. Christians are not under the law. We have been delivered from the law. Amen. The law, hallelujah, promises life, but it only brings death through sin, Romans 7.10. The law makes you sinful beyond measure, Romans 7.13. The law is weak, Romans 8, verses 2 and 3. The law is, in 2 Corinthians, a ministry of death and a ministry of condemnation. It has no glory at all in comparison with the new covenant. The law is fading away. Anywhere the law is preached, it produces a mind-hardening and a heart-hardening veil. In Galatians, the law justifies no one. The law frustrates grace. To go back to the law after embracing faith is stupid. That's Galatians 3, verse 1. The law curses all who practice it and fail to do it perfectly. It has nothing to do with faith. It was a curse that Christ redeemed us from. Glory to God. It functioned as a temporary covenant from Moses till John the Baptist announced Christ. That's in Galatians 3 and Matthew 11 and Luke 16. If the law worked, God would have used it to save us. Galatians 3.21. The law was our prison. It makes you a slave like Hagar. Galatians 4.24. Christ has abolished the law, which was a wall of hostility in Ephesians. In Philippians, amen, 
good if it's used in the right context. It was made for the unrighteous, but not for the righteous. In Hebrews, it's weak, useless, makes nothing purpose. God found fault with it and created a better covenant and acted on better promises, a shadow of good things to come, and will never make anyone perfect. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ is the way. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have to keep the law in order to get to God the Father in heaven. I have to keep the law. Jesus Christ is the way. The only way. And, Father, we thank you for the message this morning, and we'll close there. Amen. Jesus Christ is the way. Father, I thank you for every soul who has joined in this morning, listening on Facebook or by phone or social media. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your ministers. Thank you for your preachers. Thank you for your ambassadors who preach the word of God. Thank you for those whom you send. Thank you for the gift of faith to believe you, to trust, and to know that you are the Christ. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. The Berean Jews, amen, searched the scriptures to be sure that everything that they were being taught was correct. And I just want to encourage every soul, search the scriptures. Read, read the word of God on your own. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. In Jesus Christ, be led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Be led by the Holy Spirit. He is our greatest teacher. He will lead and guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is our greatest teacher, not me, not anybody else, hallelujah, but the Spirit of the living God. And, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, who are the way. Good morning, Jacqueline Ellis. Toby Taylor, good morning. Justice for Darren Jenkins, good morning. Chris Cousin, Dee Dee Thomas, and Vicki Hunter, good morning. Dearer, and God bless you. Thank you so much for your support of this ministry this morning. Father, I pray that you have been pleased with this message. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, for every soul. Thank you for using me. Thank you for encouraging us to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, that you may draw all souls unto you. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And he tells us, very simple, amen, very simple. No man cometh unto the Father but through me. And it is as simple as that. It's not so deep, so heavy. You, you shouldn't come away from this and say, I don't know what she was talking about. Amen. It's just that simple in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. You have been listening this morning to Women of the Bible, teaching series and bi-monthly book club on BWE Empowerment Radio. Father, I just want to say thank you for every soul supporting us today. Thank you for Dr. Jacqueline Renee King. Thank you so much. And God willing, beloved, we will be back next Saturday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we continue in this series, The Jesus Women Worship, Ladies Love, and Daughters to Heighten. Thank you so much. Go in peace. May the Lord be with you in all that you do. His grace, peace, and mercy be with you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>